Welcome to the June 11th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6-8, through 8, and the sermon is entitled, Why What You Give Matters, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. Well, good morning again, church, and I'm going to be honest with you. Y'all like honesty, right? I like honesty, too. Today, I was not looking forward to preaching this sermon. I want you to know that. But it's something uh, months ago as I was laying out and why things matter within the church. You get to the subject of tithing. And so I want you to know, I don't like talking about money. Because growing up, I was raised, you don't talk about two things. Politics and money. That's just how it was, was addressed. So I keep business to myself and Hey, that's just the way I was raised. But here we are. And today as we think about the subject of tithing, I want you to know my heart. It is not my job to tell you how to give. It's the Holy Spirit's job to lead you. But it is my job to preach the Word of God. And so that is the way that I approach tithing today. Not sitting here begging, but addressing it from Scripture. So with that said, I want you to take your Bibles and go to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. Put your finger there. We're going to jump around a little bit more than usual today. I'm thankful to continue on in our study on why the church matters. And in this study, we've looked at why our gifts or our spiritual gifts matter. We have looked at why the message of the gospel of the church matters. And today we look at the subject of giving and tithing to the church and why that matters. I've entitled this message today, Why What You Give Matters. Now, today we're going to talk about tithing in particular, but I know looking out to this group of people, you give far more than just a dollar bill. You give of your time and your energy and your effort to so many things. And so today, why does what you give matter? I want you to know from the heart and from the very beginning of the message, a year into this, I simply want to say this. I want to say thank you. Thank you for taking care of me and my family. You go above board in that. And I want to say thank you to the church for doing that. You take care of our staff here. You make sure that we have all that we need. And I'm grateful for that. But I want you to be honest with you and say this. You are very generous. It is not my job to seek that you give more money. I'm not a TV preacher. Thank you. I was waiting on that. I started to sweat a little bit there, okay? I want to be honest with you. But I don't do this for the paycheck. The moment that you see me standing here for a paycheck is the day that you call a business meeting and ask me to leave. I don't do this for money. But what I do it for is to hopefully speak into the lives of people, into the hearts of people, to teach them the truth of what Scripture says. And so today, we're going to take an Old Testament law, and we're going to take some New Testament Scripture, and see what the Bible teaches us about giving unto the Lord in a material way. First point today that I want to give you does not come 
from the book of 2 Corinthians. It comes from the book of Psalm. Psalm chapter number 24. Verse number 1. That says this. Psalm 24, 1 says this. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. The first point of my message today is simply this. Giving must begin with God. Because here's the truth of the Bible. It's all God's anyway. You must reach a point in your, in your Christianity and your belief that you recognize that everything that you have and everything that you are is because of something of a greater power. And that greater power is God Almighty. I can't change who I am. There's a lot of things I would if I could. God made me this way. And so what I've done is I've embraced the way that he's made me and the things that he's given me and he's gifted me with. And I've decided to use what I can for the Lord's benefit. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. But giving begins with God. When we think of the subject of tithing, maybe sometimes that makes us squirm in our seat. But tithing in the Old Testament was instituted for the purpose of taking care of the tribe of the Levites, the priestly tribe. They would be the ones within the nation of Israel that would lead them in their religious acts and responsibility of taking care of that. So the responsibility of taking care of the leaders of the church fell on the other 11 tribes. It was a tithe of livestock, It was a tithe of crops. It was a tithe of money that was devoted to the supply and to meet the needs of those working in the Lord's business. If you would so incline me to read from the book of Leviticus today. I know that's probably tops in your Bible study, right? Leviticus chapter number 27, verse number 30 also says this. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. Here's where we get in trouble, church. When we have the mindset, it's mine. It all belongs to me. Now, when you talk about my children, there was a time that I would go tooth and nail and say, These are my kids. As they get teenagers, I relax on that a little bit, okay? But here's the reality of it. God has entrusted even my two children to me. They're His. But it is my responsibility to be a good steward to my children. To teach them about Jesus and to show them the love of God. And to lead them in the learning and understanding of Jesus Christ and the salvation that he's offered. That is my job to steward my kids. And when I even look at my paycheck or my pocketbook or my bank account. It is with the same mindset that I look at that. And so today, I want you to know from the Old Testament, you see that everything comes from God. And church, I want you to realize that is a truth throughout Scripture, that it all belongs to Him. And the greatest thing in the world that the Lord wants, it is not your dollar bill. He wants your life. So today, 
as we think about giving to the Lord, maybe there's somebody in here that needs to think about giving them the entirety of their heart first before they can give out of that. Everything we have belongs to the Lord. And so, I want you to know today that if your heart does not truly belong to Him, as you write that check, it's hard for God to do what He needs to do with the check and with you. Because it's a two-fold giving process. Do you see, church, that everything we have belongs to God? I also want you to see this. Go to Luke chapter number 11, verse number 42. Some people may say that tithing isn't addressed. It's an Old Testament thing. There's a lot of argument there that tithing isn't addressed in the New Testament and by Jesus. And we're not given a standard. The Old Testament standard or the Old Testament word word tithe means 10%. But Jesus doesn't use that. Well, in Luke chapter 11, verse number 42, these are the words of Jesus. But woe unto you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass over judgment and the love of God. These ought ye have done and not to leave the other undone. As Jesus is addressing the Pharisees, he proposes a warning of tithing to them. He says, you're doing exactly what you need to do as you tithe of the mint and of the rue and of the herbs. But you are neglecting something. You are neglecting the love of God with which you tithe. And so friends, I want you to know, more importantly than the amount you give, it's with the heart That you give anything to God that matters. You showed up today. You showed up looking good, dressed good to worship God. Did you know the heart behind your worship? The heart behind you singing? The heart behind you getting dressed and coming to church today? It matters and it has an effect on your worship. Do you know that? Some of you may have gotten up this morning and said, Oh gosh, i got to go listen to this preacher again. That heart and that mind affects your worship. Maybe you rolled out of bed and you said, Oh gosh, today is the day that I get to go and worship my Savior. Man, that's the way that you approach worship. And so how you approach things and the heart with which you approach things matter. And Jesus is telling these Pharisees, You're doing exactly what the law requires, but your heart is not in it. Today, I'm not talking about money right now, but two times I've addressed it already. It's the heart that matters to God. And I hope you see that. I want you to see, today not from an expert, but from God's word, a financial lesson. And a financial lesson is simply this, every dollar That God entrusts to you has a purpose. Some of those purposes pay bills. Some of them are saved. Some of them buy groceries. Some of them clothe yourself and children. And some of them are invested. And how you spend those dollars and investment 
matters. And that's the point of the sermon today. The last book in your Old Testament, the book of Malachi, says that there were people that robbed God in this area. They robbed in areas of tithes and offerings because they did not trust God. So today, I'm no famous uh, financial expert, but I've learned a lot when it comes to a dollar bill. I want to share that with you today from 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. You're going to get three verses, you're going to get five words, and you're going to get three more points, and the sermon's over, and here's my promise to you. You will not hear me preaching on tithing for a whole nother year, because that's my goal. I'm not going to beat you up with giving, because that's between you and God. It's my job to remind you and to preach the Bible. It's not my my job to beg for your money. That's not my job. So after this sermon, you will not hear about tithing from me, from me, for a whole nother year. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, verses 6 through 8. Let me turn there in my Bible. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he has purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work." Those are your three verses today. Now, I want you to take a pen, and I want you to underline these words in your Bible. In verse number 6, I want you to underline the words sparingly. They're used twice. And I want you to underline the word bountifully. Sparingly and bountifully. I want you to underline in in verse number 7, the word grudgingly and the word necessity. And then in verse number 8, I want you to underline the word sufficiency. So just so you know, the five words that we're going to kind of look at today are sparingly, bountifully, grudgingly, necessity, and sufficiency. Have I confused you yet? I hope not. Look at verse number 6 again. I'm going to read it to you. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap Also bountifully. Point number two today is this. It matters according to what you sow. How many of you have ever been told that you reap what you sow? Anybody ever heard that? It's a true fact. I think so anyway. And this is just a play off of that. Off of a farming technique. Of sparingly and bountifully sowing and reaping. But here's the mindset's. Can I say it? Of Americans. We want to sow as little as we can, but we want to reap as much as we can. I'm going to say it one more time. We want to sow as little, and we want to reap much. And I want you to see that is not the teaching of the Bible. When you talk about gambling... The idea behind gambling is that you spend $1 to win $1 million. 
That's why I'm against gambling. Because it is not a principle that is shown in the Bible. You are sowing in the wrong way. And so here's what I want to say. As we think about these two words, sparingly and bountifully, we've got to change the way that we think as American Christians. Put yourself in the shoes of a farmer. I will never forget, and this isn't farming, this is just sowing grass seed. John Maynard told me, sow grass seed so thick that you will track a rabbit in it. That's how thick you need to put it down. And he said this, grass will grow. That's his philosophy. And he was right. Because the more you sow, the more chance that you have that grass will grow. As Paul is instructing the church at Corinth, he says, it is how you sow that matters to God. Well, Jesus says the same thing as he is preaching in Luke chapter 6 on the Sermon on the Mount. Luke chapter 6, verse number 38. Here's what the Lord Jesus says. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together. And running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye met with all, it shall be measured to you Again, the same principle is in there by the words of Jesus. But I want you to understand this. So many times we want the running over, but we don't want the investment part. Where do you trace that back to? Where do you trace the idea of sowing bountifully and reaping bountifully? You trace it directly back to the heart. I want you to know. One of the hardest checks that I've ever written, and I want, I want to be forthright with you. I haven't written a check since I got married, I don't think, okay? Terry takes care of that. And that was a deal when I married her. I said, I'll make sure it's there. You pay every bill because I hate writing checks. But the hardest check that I ever wrote was as a teenager working. I worked at Winton Country Club just down the road. And I worked there through the summers and I began to accumulate a little bit of money. And my mother had the conversation, you need to tithe off of what you make. And I said, Mommy, you're crazy. This is not right. So mom does what mom does. She shows me and she teaches me and I'm like, oh my gosh. And so as I began to take out my checkbook and I don't remember what check it was, but it was one of the first ones I ever wrote as I wrote that check out to the church. It broke my heart to write that check. I want to be honest with you. But even though that is the hardest check that I ever wrote, Mama taught me a lesson. That God can do more with your 90% than you can do with 100%. And that's what I want you to understand. God, I would take 90% of God over 100% and Jeffrey any day. Because looking back, I've made some poor decisions when it comes to money. And a lot of my advice comes from that. But here's what I want to tell you. As hard as it was to write that first check, I learned that how you give matters. As I folded that check and put it in the offering plate, I did it grudgingly, as the Bible says here. I did it grudgingly. But I want you to know that according to what you sow determines a lot of things. I don't care if we're talking about money. I don't care if we're talking about energy or time. Directly here this morning, we're talking about tithing. How you do that matters. But there's a second thing that I learned from writing this check is the attitude with which you give matters. 
Look at verse number 7. Every man according as he has purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Point number two today, the attitude behind the giving matters. There are a few things under this part that I want to make sure that you see. In verse number 7, as it begins, there are two words that are used. Say those words to me, if you will. Every man. You see that? Every man. Giving involves every one of us. Every person that is in here, every man has to determine within their own heart how they are going to do this. Now listen, this is not how this verse reads. It does not read every man according to what the preacher says. That's not what it says. Every man according to what he thinks. No. Every man according as he has purposed in his heart. Giving is between you and God. I want you to know something. As I preach this sermon, I can stand here and preach it saying, I don't know what anybody else other than my family gives to this church. And I want to keep it that way. Because that's between you and God. But you've got to decide in your family and within your heart what you want to do with the Lord. But I want you to see that every person has to make that decision. The other thing that I want you to see is that you have to decide in your heart how you're going to do it. And with what attitude you're going to give with. The second part of verse number 7, it says, so let him give. Do you, do you see that? It's a pause there, so let him give. Every man has to decide how to give, but Scripture says he's got to give. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. I want you to see, as I wrote that first check as a teenage boy opening a check account, that first check was not done as cheerful uh, as it should have been. It was done grudgingly thinking of what can I do? What kind of radio can I put in my truck with an extra $100, you know? That was my mindset. But I want you to know there are so many things in ministry outside of giving that I've done grudgingly. And when I've done it, God has shown me how he is in everything that we do. How many times have we been... Visiting, or how many times have we seen somebody that we may not very well get along with, and you say, Oh gosh, oh gosh, I don't know what's going to happen here. And yet, I've received the blessing from it. And what God has taught me in everything you do, the attitude with which you do it is taken in account by God. So, today, I know that the Bible teaches us. That we should not lay up treasures in heaven. Where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And that thieves will take away and steal those treasures that are laid up in heaven. The account that you give from is not a checking account. It's not a savings account. And it is an account of your heart. And so today, the attitude with which you give matters. Don't give grudgingly or necessity. Here's what the word of God says. And I'm going to say it as the preacher. You might as well not even write that check because the benefit on your end is not going to be received. Does that make sense? If you give grudgingly, you're not going to receive the benefit. Every gift to the church, 
You need to feel as if you're doing what the Lord wants you to do. So the attitude matters. If the attitude is wrong, you're going to miss your part of the blessing of giving. Now, speaking of tithes and offerings to the church, ours in particular, I feel it is our duty to be responsible as a church with your tithes and your offerings. I feel that it is our duty to report every penny, to show you where it goes, to be transparent in what happens within the ministry. If we are supporting missions, every penny needs to go there. If we are supporting staff, that, that is where that money goes. But friends, I want you to know all these things affect the attitude in which people trust the church. When you give, it should be joy within your heart that we are supporting the Lord's work. Everybody understand that. The attitude with which you give matters. And in verse number 8, it gives us our final point today. Verse number 8, it says this, And God is able... To make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. I had you underline five words earlier. I want you to circle three big words in verse number eight. God is able. God is able. Circle those three words. You know, when you factor in giving, when you do math, there's sometimes uh, when you're given numbers and you're giving a function that you can determine the output. Does that make sense? But when you talk about giving, there's a lot of things that you can factor in. And the one thing that every person, every believer needs to factor into their giving is, is these three words. God is able. Because I've seen, I've seen in scripture and I've seen lives tell a story that when people don't have but they trust God, that God meets the need. The last word that I ask you to underline is the word sufficiency. Do you see that? That word means that as God is able to make grace abound toward you, that you always have all sufficiency in all things. As you give in the grace that the Lord leads you, God's going to make sure that you are taken care of. God is able to do that. And that's what we need to factor in sometimes in our moments of doubt and in our equations of when we think, oh, this doesn't really matter. God is able to do that. There may be some people in this room today that don't fully trust God is able. And I'm not talking about necessarily giving, but in all things. There are some people in this room today that are going through some health situations. Here's what I want you to know. You need to factor God into those situations because God is able. There are some people that are going through marriage difficulties in this room today. You need to factor in three words into your marriage. God is able. And as you factor that in and you follow him, he's able to change that situation. There are some, there are some situations of questioning and doubt within the room today. You need to factor in three words. God is able. Now you know what I'm going to ask you to do? I'm going to ask you to say those three words with me. God is able. Now you got to say it like you mean it, okay? Ready? God is able. Friends, today, I don't care what you do. 
You've got to factor in God's ability to control the situation and to control your situation. Point number four today, it matters that your needs are adequately met. God's not going to ask you to give and go without. God's going to take care of the basic necessities as you trust Him. So today, when I think about this sermon, this is my one sermon for a year. I don't like preaching on it, but I have to because it's in God's Word. And here's what I want you to know, church. The attitude matters. The adequacy matters. All of these things matter. But the greatest thing that matters today, I believe, is this. Is that we trust God not only in the giving aspect of our life, but every part of our lives. There are some doors that we don't like to open to God. And maybe today, giving is that door. Trusting. Maybe today, giving is that door. Trusting there. But maybe there's another door today that you've never opened to God. And knowing these three words, God is able, maybe you've never opened the door of trusting and believing in Him as Savior. My hope and my prayer is this. As you trust God, that you will begin to open other doors in your life and let Him control all that you do. Maybe there's a door of telling others and witnessing about Jesus. Maybe there's another door about anything going on in your life that you need to open. Today, open those doors. As we think about those three words, God is able, that we think about that and the idea of changing somebody's heart. Church today, if I were to ask you, do you think God is able to change a heart and make a sin-filled man redeemed in his eyes? Do you think God's able to do that? God is able to control those areas of our lives that we don't want to turn over to Him. Today, that may be you. You're sitting here today and you're hearing the word, God is able. God is able to come into your life and forgive your sin and to save you and make you new in Him. Today, if that's a door that you need to open to Christ, I pray that you do it. Back to the giving. Malachi says this. If you don't trust me, try me. Try it out. And, and if, if it's not true, I will pour out a blessing to you. Today, does our giving matter? Absolutely. How we give materially, but more importantly, and most importantly, how we give of ourselves, of our heart to Jesus matters to Him. Today, if there's somebody in this room or watching live stream that needs to trust Him in a moment of salvation, Jesus Christ went to a cross, shed His blood for our sin, for every sin-filled person. Today, through redemption of His blood and His body, through His death, burial, resurrection, He will give you life. Will you trust Him today? Church members today, I'm not here to twist your arm. I'm here to say thank you. Thank you for trusting the Lord and what you do in all areas of your life. And I pray that we can continue to do that. Because how we give matters for somebody's eternity. And that's what we need to keep in our mind. May we pray together? Father God, Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, that many times, Lord, you have met our needs, Lord, when we haven't given you credit for it. 
Lord, I know that according to what we sow and how we sow, Lord, the attitude behind that matters. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will change the attitude of our hearts today. Lord, as we get ready for church, as we are here worshiping, Lord, as we come before you now, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would have the attitude of, Lord, it's all yours anyway. Lord, that we would have the attitude of we open the doors that have been closed in areas of our life. Lord, maybe today there's a, there's a door that needs to be opened, Lord, and you're standing there knocking. And that person that is sitting here in this room can feel it and it knows that you're there. God, my prayer is that right now they would simply open that door. Lord, today maybe somebody in this room simply out of this message on tithing today needed to hear three words. God is able. God is able to meet the need, and God is able to exceed the need. God, I pray, Lord, that you will take care of that situation, whatever it looks like. God, as we open our hearts to you right now, God, I pray, Lord, that you would move in this moment as we surrender it to you. Lord, make us more like you, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.